podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Two-Footed Podcast is brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from while keeping your data safe. So as an example, if you are a UK expat and want access to BBC iPlayer to watch Match of the Day or ITV Hub or all four, but you get that message that says this content is not available in your location, a Liberty Shield VPN gets you around that block allows you to watch whatever you want on those services while also keeping your data safe. And it goes further than that. It allows you to open up Netflix's entire library by just changing your IP address. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot with five-star ratings across the board. So go to libertyshield.com right now, use the code EPL25, and get either the hardware package or the software package. The hardware package is a router that you plug into your existing router, and any item you want to change the IP address on, be it your phone or your television, you connect that to the new Liberty Shield router. All other items can remain connected to your existing router. There's also a software package, which is instantly downloadable to your device, and you can get using straight away. Again, libertyshield.com, EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homework company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. And lastly, do remember to check out a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. That podcast is on this feed before every Premier League match week. And then the EPL roundtable hosted by Kevin DeVries on its own EPL roundtable feed. So just search EPL roundtable in your podcast device. And that's out after every match week. Now on with the show. What's good, boys and girls? Two-footed podcast. Today is Monday, the 22nd of May. Hope you're all well. Hope you all had a nice weekend. We begin by offering congratulations to Manchester City, crowned league champions on Saturday when Arsenal soiled themselves at the city ground and lost 1-0 to Nottingham Forest. Manchester City were crowned champions for the fifth time in six years. The seventh time in the Premier League era, and I believe the ninth time overall. So, congrats to them. Um, for Arsenal, I mean, fairly miserable last 18 games, 31 points. It's 
poor. It's poor. We'll come back to them. Uh, we also offer congratulations to Nottingham Forest, who are officially safe. Nottingham Forest will be in the Premier League next season. My faith in Steve Cooper, my faith in the recruitment, paid off. Gibbs White and Awani outstanding again. They're the two players that have basically kept Nottingham Forest up. So when people laughed, who's laughing now? Nottingham Forest will be a Premier League club next season and don't have vast amounts of recruitment to do for next season. Now, they'll probably trim a few out of the squad and add a few, but they don't need to do massive amounts. They took big gambles, they paid off, and they'll be in the Premier League next season, and they deserve to be in the Premier League next season. They've won three of their last five. They've taken 10 points from the last 15 available. They went to Stamford Bridge and got a point. They beat Arsenal at home. They fully deserve to be in the league next season. And now the relegation battle is down to two from three. Two from three will go down. Let's get into the weekend's games. First up, Spurs won Brentford three. Spurs just doing Spurs things. Harry Kane opens the scoring on eight minutes. Outstanding strike from a set piece. For about 15 minutes, it looked like Spurs were going to get a second and potentially go on to a comfortable victory. The second goal never came. And in the second half, Brentford just took them apart. And Bomo scored on 50, scored again on 62. And then he set up Johan Wiesa to wrap it up on 88 minutes. A really good and well-deserved win for Brentford, who could yet finish above Spurs. Brentford have 56 points. They're ninth. They do still have a chance at Conference League football. If both Villa and Tottenham fail to win their final games, and it's realistic that both of them could fail to win their final games, Brentford, with a win in their last game, could sneak in. Now, their last game is against Manchester City, but City have already won the league and don't have anything to play for. So maybe Brentford can get that win and get themselves into seventh because if Villa only draw, Brentford have the superior goal difference. It's not outside the realms of possibility that they get Europe, which would be amazing. Genuinely amazing. What a season. Thomas Frank has worked wonders there. Four wins of the last five to end the season shows a really strong mentality because they had a bad run. It looked like they were on the beach. They'd kind of given up on the season. They were safe and that was all that mattered. And he's just gotten them back on track and they've turned around and won four of the last five. And they're the second or third, third most informed team in the league over the last five games behind City and Liverpool. For Spurs, they'll finish out their season with a trip to Elland Road, uh, a game that is everything for Leeds and I think is going to be very difficult for Tottenham. Moving on, Liverpool won, Villa won, a, a dullard of a game, 
a dud of a game. Villa, arguably the better side for long stretches. Jacob Ramsey put them one up on 27 minutes after Ollie Watkins had missed a penalty. Now, that's the fifth miss in Ollie Watkins' nine penalty-taking career. Um, it's time for Villa to no longer let Ollie Watkins take penalties. Liverpool equalised through Roberto Firmino in the 89th minute. There was some controversy over uh, Cody Gakbo goal that was disallowed. I'm still not 100% sure why it was disallowed. I'd really like someone to explain it to me as if I'm a child because it's a subjective thing whether or not Ezri Konza deliberately played the ball. He stuck his leg out. That's that's a deliberate action. So I, I'd love a proper explanation of that. But the truth is Liverpool didn't deserve to win. And Liverpool will likely now end up in the U- Europa League. Um, they are in fifth. They're five points ahead of Brighton. In theory, Brighton could still finish above them if they win their last two and Liverpool lose their last game. But that's very unlikely to happen. Um all things considered, on the season, Liverpool probably deserve to be fifth. They could still sneak fourth if United lose the last two games, but I don't see that as likely either. For Villa, they sit seventh. They get Brighton at home in their last game. A win will guarantee them seventh. They are very unlikely to jump Brighton unless Brighton get absolutely battered in their last two games, including that game against Villa. Otherwise, Brighton have the superior goal difference and will finish above them. Moving on. Wolves won, Everton won. They just seem to keep playing this game until Everton scored. I'm not really sure why. Wang Hee Chan scored for Wolves on 34 minutes. Yerry Mina equalised on 99 minutes. I don't really know why there was 9, 10, 11 minutes of stoppage time in that game, but that's a huge point for Everton. And their fate is in their own hands now. A draw at home to Bournemouth is probably enough to keep them up. They're two points ahead of Leeds. Leeds have Spurs at home. So if, if Leeds win, they go to 34. Everton have the superior goal difference. So a draw, barring a Leeds 4-0 win, or a 3-0 win, a 3-0 win, Everton would stay up with a draw. A win, they're definitely staying up. But I don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to be a really, really tense occasion at at. Goodison next weekend. I do expect them to win. I do expect them to win. But I think it's going to be really, really tense. And if Bournemouth score first and Leeds score and go ahead and jump ahead of them in the table, even for a short period of time, I think it could get really edgy. Um, it, look, it's, it's, it's their own fault. They are where they are. But it looks like they should just do enough to keep them up should just do enough to keep them up. Um, We move on. Uh, Wolves, 13th in the league. One game left. Uh, They're away to Arsenal. Don't expect them to get much from the game. 
doesn't really matter if they do get anything much from the game. They could potentially finish above Chelsea if Chelsea lose their last two, which is definitely a possibility uh, given who Chelsea are playing. But I don't expect them to get anything at all from games against Newcastle or Manchester United. So Wolves could potentially jump them, but I don't think they'll beat Arsenal. Uh, Moving on. Bournemouth nil, Manchester United won. Casemiro on nine minutes with the only goal of the game. De Gea made a couple of decent saves. Neto made a couple of decent saves. It was an okay game of football. United were probably the deserving winners. Uh, United of Chelsea and Fulham left. One point guarantees them top four. They will get at least one point. Bournemouth have that Everton game. I think they would like to get something from it, to kind of get that 40-point marker and end this, you know, three-game losing streak. But I I don't expect that they will get much. We'll see how I feel over the week. Uh, Fulham 2, Crystal Palace 2. Edson 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 Edward on 34 minutes. Great work by Ebri Chiesi. Beats a man, drives into midfield, slots. Edward through great finish gives uh, Bernd Leno no chance at all. Mitrovic scores a penalty on the stroke of half time. Mitrovic scores again on 61. Fulham look like they're going to run out 2 1 winners, but Joel Ward with a scrappy goal on 83 to rescue a point for Palace and fair play. Palace are 11th, one point ahead of Chelsea. Chelsea have two games left. We'll see if they can take anything from these last two games. But for right now, it doesn't look likely. Um, Palace's last game is is against Forest at home. It's a game they should win. And it's a game that Forest don't need anything from now. So you might see them quite hungover for that one. So I, I'm expecting a Forest win. Uh, sorry, a Palace win. If Palace win that, I don't think Chelsea are taking four points from the last two games. So Palace will probably finish above Chelsea this year. So that will leave Chelsea as the lowest finishing London team. Arsenal, Spurs, Brentford, Fulham. Oh no, sorry, West Ham. Excuse me. West Ham will be the will be the lowest finishing. Unless unless West Ham win the last day and Chelsea lose heavily in either the Newcastle or United game or both of them. It's possible West Ham could finish above them, but yeah, West Ham likely finish below them. Anyway, uh, Palace's end of season has been really good, really good. And there was some lovely football played in this game by both teams. Uh, as they had a field day, just dropping in, picking the ball up, turning and moving at the, at the Fulham midfield. They just couldn't cope with his, his ability to drop his shoulder and go the other way. Elise looked dangerous, but they could have got him involved in the attack a bit more would have been my only gripe. Um, they're fun. Tyreek Mitchell needs to work on the timing of his tackles this season, or this summer. That's his big thing. He missed times too many tackles. He's a really good young player. He just missed times too many tackles. Last game on Saturday... <clears throat> Nottingham Forest won, Arsenal nil, Teo Awani with the only goal of the game. Great work by Gibbs White, fed it through to Awani. 
Gabrielle slides in to try and clear it and basically clears it against Awani and it ends up in the net. Uh, Arsenal had a couple of half chances, but nothing really of note. And their second half performance was just so flat and so lacking in anything resembling desire, determination, character. You know, no, there was nothing there to suggest this was a team capable of winning anything. So, like I said earlier, Forest are safe. Nothing to worry about going into the final day. And what a massive, massive relief that must be for Steve Cooper and his team. What a massive turnaround because they looked dead and buried a couple of different times this season. But, yeah, congrats to them. And and Forrest, Bournemouth and Fulham all safe before the final day of the season. That's really impressive for three newly promoted teams. Fulham have been safe for months, obviously. Bournemouth have been safe for a couple of weeks. But now Forrest are safe as well. Forrest have that game away to Palace. They don't need anything from it. But they might still get something. Arsenal are home to Wolves. You'd expect them to win that. So that will have Arsenal on 84 points. Not quite the 100 points that I was told earlier in the season they were on track for. They dropped points in 12 different games this season. That's not title-winning material. They have taken 31 points from the last 18 games. 31 points from the last 18 games. So we have to decide, are they the team that took 50 from 19? Or are they the team that's taken 34, sorry, 31 from 19? And have a max of 34 Sorry, 34, 31 from 18 and have a max of 34 from 19. Now, let's just say they win next weekend. Let's say they can beat Wolves at home, which you would expect them to do. Is 1.7, nearly 1.8 points a game a good enough return for what we've been told this Arsenal team are because across the course of a season that's 68 points 68 points that's not top four this this season anyway in certain seasons absolutely but Arsenal not just recently Arsenal over their last 19 games have not been a top four caliber team for half a season So you have to ask, are they the title-winning team we saw for half a season or the fifth-place team we saw for half a season? The truth is they're somewhere in the middle. They're not a title-winning team. They are probably just a Champions League-winning team. Third, maybe fourth in a normal season is what Arsenal are. If they don't beat Wolves, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think they'll lose, but if they did lose, you're talking about a 62-point season. Well, 62 points this season probably gets you seventh. They're definitely not a seventh-place team. 
But that's what they will have played as, a seventh-place team across the course of a season. And a draw, well, then you're into kind of sixth-place territory. They're better than that. They are better than what we've seen. But they're not nearly as good as people made them out to be. They're not a title-caliber team. They're a long way short of a title-caliber team. Defensively, they're not good enough. 43 goals conceded this year. They were great going forward for quite a while. They haven't been they haven't been good enough going forward in recent weeks. Bakayo Saka has had a tremendous season. And I would have said up until the last few games, nailed on team of the year. Probably still gets in. Probably still gets in on the balance. But the thing is, you need your biggest and best players to really step up at this time of the year. And Saka just hasn't. In the last nine games, he has one goal and one assist. They both came in the same game against Southampton. And if you're looking across the course of the year... Saka has been one of the players that really did step up for them when they needed a goal, either scorer or creator. Saka was often the one that would step up. And when he hasn't been able to do it, and Odegaard hasn't been able to do it because he's been the other one that's done it routinely, there's just not enough there that they can rely on. And I think people's concerns about Gabriel Jesus have been proven correct. Super talented player. Wonderful when things are going well. But when things go against the team, he doesn't step up enough. Southampton didn't do anything. City didn't do anything. Scored against Chelsea. Poor against Newcastle. Dreadful against Brighton. Awful at the weekend. Just not offering quite enough. Now, you give him a pass because the knee injury did cost him quite a bit, but he'd fallen off before the injury. He had that great start to the season. He wasn't playing particularly well just before he got injured. Or just before the break, really. Um, So, you know, he's got to step up next season as well. I think he's really talented. I really enjoy watching him play. But I do think they're going to need more out of him next season. They'll need Saka and Odegaard to go to another level. And they'll need Martinelli to continue to develop the way he has. Um, Moving on. West Ham 3, Leeds United 1. This was tough for Leeds. They went 1-0 up through Moreno, Rodrigo Moreno, on 17. Really good finish. Really good volley. Uh, Declan Rice made it 1-1 on 32 minutes. Jared Bowen made it 2-1 on 72. And then Lanzini made it 3-1 on 94. Uh, As largely as a result of some of the worst defending you'll ever see. Leeds needed this one. 
with with West with, with Everton getting the point on Saturday, Leeds needed to win this one. And they just they couldn't get the job done. Now they're not down, but it's not looking good. They need to win. Nothing else will do. They have to beat Spurs. And then they have to hope for the best. It's not in their hands. They can do nothing other than go out and beat Spurs and hope for the best. And if they go down, they'll deserve to go down. It's as simple as that. It really is as simple as that. Shame. Hopefully, if they go down, they're able to bounce back up, but it can be very tough, as they found out themselves. Uh, For West Ham, gets them to the 40-point mark, which might trick some people into thinking this has been anything other than a disastrous domestic campaign. 19 defeats in 37 games is, is a disgrace for a team with this much talent. Their final day is away to Leicester. I wouldn't imagine we'll see a very strong West Ham team because they've got a European final coming up and I think Moyes might rest a couple. He rested a few for this game. I think he'll rest a few others and bring those players back in for this one. So it won't be a weak team, but I think it'll be a rested team. Um, Even if they get to 43, I mean... It's still it's still a really bad year. It's a really bad year. If they finish 13th, which is what's likely if they can get something at, at Leicester, because um, I think Wolves, like I said, will lose to Arsenal. It just doesn't make any difference. Shambolic season. Shambolic season for West Ham. No excuse to be where they are, to have been involved in relegation battles this season. It's just unacceptable. And Moyes needs to be replaced this season, cup or no cup. Um, Brighton 3, Southampton 1 2 from Evan Ferguson the first one seemed to evaporate Alex McCarthy uh, Elianosi made a 2-1 on 58 Theo Walcott thought he'd equalised a few minutes later but it was ruled out for offside and then Pascal Grouse scored on 69 to put this one to bed Brighton looked really really good again and just seemed to be able to turn it on and, and go up a level anytime they wanted. Uh, Brighton are now confirmed to be in Europe next season. They will finish above Spurs this season. They will finish above Chelsea. They will finish above West Ham. They'll finish above a lot of teams and spend an awful lot more money than them. In all likelihood, they will finish above Aston Villa as well. They're three points ahead of Villa, but they've got a plus 16 advantage in the goal difference column. Now, they've got two games left themselves. So their max on the season will be 67. They face City at home. City don't need anything from the game, so maybe Brighton win that one. If they get a draw, it guarantees them sixth. Uh, And then they face Villa on the final day. And if they've already qualified for Europe, they'll have nothing to play for, but they'll have guaranteed sixth. They'll have guaranteed Europa League. So they'll have nothing to play for. Um... If they do have something to play for, then we might see a different game. Who knows? But, yeah, congrats to Brighton. What a, what an incredible achievement. It's not just <clears throat> the fact that they've gotten Europe. It's how they've gotten Europe. It's the way they play. It's the fact that their sporting director got poached by a bigger, richer club. They just carried on. Their manager got poached by a bigger, richer club. 
They just replaced them, carried on. Their starting left back got poached by a bigger club. They just replaced them, carried on. Their best player made noises in January about wanting to leave and another club tried tapping him up. They just banished him for a week, had a word with him, got him back in, carried on. Incredible. They've won 18 games this season. Like That's really, really good. They need to improve defensively. There's no doubt about that. But there's so much fun going forward. They scored more goals than Newcastle, more goals than Man United, more goals per game than Liverpool, 70 to 71, but they've played a game less. And then they scored more goals than everybody below them. So only City and Arsenal have had better attacks than Brighton this year so far. Um, Liverpool might end up at more goals by the end of the season, but you know to be fourth best in the attacking column is is very, very impressive. They just need to tighten up at the back a little bit. But the Zerbi's football does sometimes lead to just you know leaving yourself a bit open. Uh, there's still a little bit in my on, on my shit list over the the walloping by Everton because. If they hadn't lost, if they if they'd won that game like they should have, we'd be going into the final day with Everton in the bottom three. And if the referees had blown the whistle when they should have blown the whistle, yes, on Saturday, Everton would have twenty nine points and Leeds would stay up with a point. But you know, people people just let me down. They let me down. Moving on, Manchester City won Chelsea nil in the biggest non-event of the season. The title was already decided. It was just a procession for City. A decent game of football. Both sides created some chances. City had rested a bunch of players and, you know, it was there was nothing really uh, to get overly excited about. Julian Alvarez scored the only goal of the game on 12 minutes after good work by Cole Palmer. But, yeah, I mean, that was basically all there was to it. Um Alvarez thought he'd scored a second, but Mares had handled. Ortega made some good saves. Kepa made a couple of decent saves. It was just a, like a non-event, like I say. And then the trophy was presented, and that was it. And that was all we had for the weekend. Tonight we have Newcastle at home to Leicester. Um, <clears throat> Leicester not necessarily relegated with a defeat, but it would mean that they would have to go into the final day beat West Ham at home and hope that Leeds fail to win and that Everton lose. Now, those things could all happen. Leeds could draw with Spurs, Everton could lose to Bournemouth and Leicester could beat West Ham. So Leicester not down yet, but it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all for them. They would have been down had Leeds won yesterday. They would have been down, but they still have a chance and while they have a chance, and they will have a chance going into the final day tonight, really doesn't change that. But if they were to get a result tonight, if they could somehow win tonight, which again, very, very unlikely. But if they could win tonight, they would go into the final day outside the bottom three. They would jump to 17th with a victory tonight. I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. Weirder things have happened this season. Everton went and beat Brighton 5-1 away. Everton, the worst away team in the league 
And they went and beat Brighton 5-1 away. Um, yeah, so we've got one week of games left. We've got a game tonight, Newcastle-Leicester. Wednesday night, we get Brighton City. Thursday night is United-Chelsea. And then Sunday, all 4.30 p.m. kickoffs, Villa-Brighton, Everton-Bournemouth, Leeds Spurs, Brentford City, United Fulham, Chelsea against the Toon, Leicester against West Ham, Arsenal Wolves, Southampton Liverpool, and Crystal Palace versus Nottingham Forest. And that's all we have left. We have 13 games left in this Premier League season. And it'll be over. Thank God. Right, let's take a break. And when we come back, I think it's just the gossip. I don't really have much else. There's not a whole lot of news for today. And I want to save talking about the other leagues for tomorrow. So um, I'll see you in a, in a minute. Right, welcome back. So... Just the three days of gossip to go through. So let's get into it. Tottenham could make a surprise move for Edward Mendy. You know why this is bullshit? Because Tottenham don't have a manager. So Tottenham don't know how they'll be playing next season. So this is garbage. Manchester United and England defender Harry Maguire could move to West Ham or Tottenham. Tottenham don't have a manager. So that's garbage. And why would West Ham want him? Zuma and Agard are both better than him. Manchester United could sign two strikers in the summer. With Rasmus Hoysland and Harry Kane on the club's list. So United are going to spend about £140 on strikers this summer? Is, Is what you're telling us? Who wrote that? Paul Hurst. I think his Twitter handle is Hurst Class. Drivel. Drivel is what that is. Uh, Interim Chelsea boss. I love this. Interim Chelsea boss Frank Lampard says he tried to sign Erling Haaland during his first stint at the club. But the 22-year-old moved to Borussia Dortmund instead. Nonsense. Utter nonsense. This This is the Brendan Rodgers approach. Try and rewrite history and blame others and claim that you had all the great ideas after you're gone when everybody knows that it's all lies. Uh, Guy is actually giving me the odds for the next Spurs manager. Um, Arnie Slot is favourite, uh, nine to four on. I think he'd be a very good appointment. Uh, Julian Nagelsmann, five to one. Could definitely see that. Could see him working quite well. Uh, Luis Enrique, I'm not a big fan, but he's not a bad manager by any stretch. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, 12-1, to 1, no chance. There is no chance he will even be considered. And if he is, then Spurs fans need to riot and drag Daniel Levy and all of the rest of them out of their club. Luciano Spalletti, so I want to talk about him more tomorrow. It looks like he is going to leave Napoli, which is really weird 
And also really concerning for Napoli, who may also be losing their sporting director because Juventus are trying to poach him. Uh, Vincent Company is 16 to 1. He has already said he is not leaving Burnley. Graham Potter at 20 to 1. I mean, after what happened at Chelsea, we've seen this act before. Spurs appointed Andre Villas-Boas after he had a dreadful time at Spurs, at, at Chelsea. And it went okay, but not what they had hoped for. So I don't see that one. And Jabby Alonso, 20 to 1, he's already said he's staying where he is. Annie Slot, Julian Nagelsmann, Enrique or Spalletti. Any of them would be good appointments. It's too early for company. It's too early for Alonso. And Potter needs to go and rebalance himself somewhere else. Let him take on a smaller job. Leicester, Southampton, one of those. Leeds, anything like that. Let him go do that. See how he does. Let him rebuild himself. For now, he'd be a poor appointment. The agent of Inter Milan goalkeeper Andre Onana says the former Cameroon international is happy in Italy amid interest from Chelsea. Makes sense. His team are in the European Cup final. Tottenham are the leading contenders for Arnie Slot. Um, William Saliba is attracting interest from three unnamed clubs as Arsenal continue to try and negotiate a contract with the 22-year-old who's at a contract next summer. If he doesn't sign a contract by the start of next season, I think Arsenal might lose him for free. Ruben Loftus-Cheek is reportedly keen on a move to AC Milan. I would be as well. Um, Why would you not want to be? Um, Crystal Palace co-owner Steve Parrish has heaped praise on Roy, Roy Hodgson ahead of contract talks between the veteran boss and the club. Palace cannot give the job to Roy Hodgson on a permanent basis. I'm sorry, you've got to move on. You've got to move on. It was working with Vieira. You would have stayed up under Vieira. Hodgson has done well, but you would have stayed up regardless. Vieira did really good work. Last preseason did a lot of damage, and maybe that was all his fault, but I don't think he's the one actually arranging the pre-seasons. So look internally at that. Palace and England goalkeeper Jack Butland is close to agreeing a move to Rangers this summer. I could see that. Moving to Scotland revitalised Joe Hart, so why not for Butland? Um, Phil Jones is taking some time to weigh up his next move after leaving Manchester United. Wolf Zaha could join Fenerbahce, who his agent has just met. Uh, No, that that wouldn't be a good move for him. Lucas Moura is assessing his options after deciding to leave Tottenham. I'm fairly certain he wants to go back to Brazil. I'm fairly certain that's been the case all along, is that that's why he wanted to go, was to go back to Brazil. West Ham will allow David Moyes to to decide his own future if he leads them to glory in the Europa Conference League. See, this is stupid, and I don't believe that to be true. Paris Saint-Germain are set to step up their attempts to lure Jose Mourinho away from Roma with players close to the Portuguese manager 
fearing he will depart the Italian club this summer. Uh, you know, it makes sense for Jose to go to PSG, but it's a shame because I've really enjoyed him at Roma. Uh, United and Chelsea will go head-to-head for the uh, services of Gift or Ban. Awful move from Either would be an awful move from He needs to go somewhere where he's going to play regularly. Brentford would be a really good move for him, especially with Tony getting the ban. Uh, Germany midfielder Joshua Kimmich is believed to be considering his future, but Bayern Munich have no intention of selling the 28-year-old. Bayern Munich have backed out of a move for Edson Alvarez, who could instead move for move to Borussia Dortmund. Okay. Tottenham have resumed talks with Julian Nagelsmann, although he wants to know who the sporting director will be before committing. And that's fair enough. If that's what he wants, just go and appoint a sporting director. There's a couple of really good ones available to you. Tim Steeptown, just appoint the guy and then appoint Nagelsmann and then you're set. Then you can start working on your summer. Liverpool have agreed terms with Alexis McAllister. Brighton manager Roberto De Zerbi has told the board to block any bids for Kaoru Matoma with Alexis McAllister and Moises Caicedo set to leave. I don't think it's guaranteed at all that that Moises Caicedo is going to leave this summer. I don't think that's guaranteed at all. Uh, and certainly Peter O'Rourke wouldn't know anyway. Chap wouldn't know his arse from his elbow. Real Madrid manager Carlo Ancelotti has asked Florentino Perez to sign Richarlison. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. <laughs> Jesus, what? No, he hasn't. Uh, David Moyes is planning to leave West Ham at the end of the season. I do think if he gets, if he wins the cup, he might just walk before they push him. Um, Arsenal, Liverpool and Barcelona are interested in a move for Joshua Kimmich. Uh, Joao Canseo has been monitored by Barcelona. Man City are keen on a swap deal that would get them Kimmich and allow Bayern to keep Canseo. I don't think Bayern would want that regardless. LK Gundogan will be offered a new one-year deal with an option for a second season. He wants three years, so we'll see what happens there. Newcastle are leading the race to sign Kieran Tierney. I've said before, I think that's a move that makes sense. United will offer David De Gea a testimonial. You see, I don't think testimonials are the draw that they used to be for players because it used to be that that was sort of your retirement fund. Whatever you got from your testimonial, you kept, and that was your retirement money. Now most of them get given to charity. It used to also be the case that if you spent 10 years at a club, you were automatically entitled to a testimonial. And De Gea has now been at United 12 years. So he really should be getting one anyway. Um, Chelsea want to sign David Rea. And West Ham are willing to let Gianluca Scamacca leave after only one season with AC Milan interested. Excuse me. I think that will come down to the new manager. I think the new manager should be the one. No, if it's Moyes, he might as well leave. But if the new manager comes in and is smart, well, he might want to keep this excellent young striker that they have. Moving on. Final day's worth is here. Uh, Chelsea have made a 
70 million pound offer to Juventus for Dusan Vlahovic. I, I don't know that I believe that they have. Manchester United are also preparing an official bid for Vlahovic, who has made it clear he wants to play Champions League football next season. And we'll talk about that more in the week. Uh, Leicester are planning an approach to Graham Potter about becoming their next permanent manager. Regardless of whether they go, they go down, they're going to try and get Potter. Jose Mourinho wants Yuri Tielemans to sign for Roma, which could be a problematic thing if he decides to leave himself and go to PSG. Barcelona have reached an agreement with George Mendes to sign Ruben Neves in part of a swap deal for Ansu Fati. I, I just, I just can't see that. I just can't see them letting Fati go. If they do, I think it's, I think it'd be incredibly short-sighted. I really do. Aston Villa are weighing up a potential loan move for Anthony Martial. Okay. Uh, Harry Kane says, sorry, Harry Kane's future at Tottenham is uncertain. And the England captain says a lot that needs to change at Spurs for them to start being successful again. You've never been successful, Harry. You yourself have won nothing. Brighton and Manchester United are set to compete to try and sign Davide Fratesi from Sassuolo. He's really, really good. Really, really good. He'd be a great signing for Brighton. He genuinely would be. He'd be a good signing for United, but he doesn't fit all that well into how they play. Uh, Crystal Palace are keen to sign Jefferson Lerma. Would make sense. Nottingham Forest will pursue a permanent deal for Dean Henderson. I... Hmm... It's written by John Percy, so I, I'm not going to try and dispute it. John Percy is the best in the business when it comes to things like Forrest. So, okay. Uh, Aston Villa and Wolves are competing to try and sign Habib Diara from Strasbourg. The midfielder is valued at $20 million. Um, he He does look a hell of a prospect. He really does. Manchester United will are in talks to extend Facundo Palestri's contract. If he has any sense, he'll say no and, and try and get a move away because they've they've spoiled two years of his career already. Manchester City are willing to sell Zach Steffen this summer. Um, uh, yeah, sure. Final general manager Dennis Teclos says he turned down an approach to join Tottenham and expects Arnie Slot to also resist interest. Also, oh, they were trying to get the, the, the duo. Um, maybe it's true. Maybe it's true. Napoli coach Luciano Spalletti has all but said he has had to leave the club, um, having led them to the first Scudetto in 33 years. And Juventus manager Max Allegri has said he wants to stay at Juve, but it's not up to him to decide. I, I honestly think Juve should get rid of him. Allegri is a good manager he is a good manager but I just don't think he's a manager when you need to try and rebuild I think he's the guy you give a team that's ready to win and I think he can win with them I just don't think he's capable of winning with this team Um, right that'll do folks I will talk to you all tomorrow have yourselves a very very pleasant day and uh, yeah see you soon bye bye
Social Podcast Network.